how did a young man from North Dakota end up on top of the world and then on the bottom of it? His name is Carl Ben Eilson, and his role in aviation history is important, if often overlooked. On this edition of the Scenic Route, Andrew talks to historian Gary Lillamone in Eilson's hometown of Hatton, North Dakota. He, he was born in 1897, graduated from Hatton High School, and ha- graduated from the University of North Dakota, attended the University of Wisconsin, also Georgetown University. His um, aviation skills were a result of his joining the United States Army, the U.S. Air Service of the United States Army, and this was during World War I. This is where he became an expert, expert pilot. Yeah. He came back here then after the war is that, and then kind of formed his own club, is that right? This is correct. Um, after World War I was over, he returned to Hatton and had a love for flying. And he and some of the area men of Hatton started the Hatton Aero Club, which was probably one of the first aero clubs in Hatton. Air transportation was very new at this time. They purchased a Curtis airplane and uh, did stunt flying, barnstorming at state fairs, uh, community celebrations in the Hatton and the tri-state area of, around the area here. Right. He makes the move then to Alaska eventually. Yes, he does. Uh, he met up with a Alaskan congressman, Mr. Sutherland, who kind of got him interested in Alaska. Carbon Olsen went up as an aviator, uh, as a educator and was a principal at the Fairbanks School. Upon arrival, he saw the urgent need for air transportation and had a plane brought up to Alaska. And like anybody else, the Alaskans were a little leery of this man flying this plane in the air, which they'd never seen before. However, when they uh, realized how beneficial and what this man could do for them by delivering medical supplies and other supplies to the isolated areas of Alaska and also delivering people to a medical facility. He became a real hero to the Alaskan people. He became known as the Birdman. He's doing a lot. I mean, before that, it was all dog sled. I mean, a lot of what was going on. Uh, this is true. And uh, Carwin Allison had a dream upon arrival in Alaska. He wanted to connect the airways of Alaska. He also wanted and was in his mind figuring out how he could deliver airmail in Alaska. Um, air, uh, mail was delivered by dog sled and it often took several days or even weeks. And it was in 1924 that Carbon Allison signed a contract with the United States government to deliver airmail in Alaska. He was paid $2 per mile. Those that delivered by dog sled were paid twice that much, and it took almost twice as much time. Uh, Carbon Allison completed his contract successfully with the United States government uh, with his airmail. He received a congratulatory letter from President Coolidge at that time. He also received a letter of congratulations from the uh, Attorney General. And uh, this was a very successful uh, part of Carbon Allison's life and the start of many accomplishments. Well, and it was just really, as you mentioned, the first part because, I mean, he, he would have been well known for just doing airmail and so forth. But then what takes place next and some of the things flying from Point Barrow and so forth really put him on the map. Um, exactly. 
Carbon Allison loved Alaska. And uh, it was about in 1925-1926, he teamed up with Australian explorer Hubert Wilkins. Hubert Wilkins wanted to explore the top of the world. This was an area that had never been seen by man before. He wanted to fly from Point Barrow, Alaska to Spitsbergen, Norway, a journey of about 2,200 miles over ice and snow and very stormy weather. Uh, the first attempt in 1926 met many hardships and was unsuccessful. In 1927, again, their attempt was unsuccessful. Then in 1928, Carbon Ileson, the pilot, Hubert Wilkins, the explorer, successfully flew from uh, Point Barrow, Alaska to Spitsbergen, Norway, 2,200 miles in about 23 hours, a flight which to this day is still considered very hazardous and very dangerous. Because of their accomplishments and because of this flight, they, were, they became international heroes in the field of aviation. And to this day, that flight over the top of the world is still considered one of the greatest flights in aviation history. Well, the attempts before that, they'd even had folks that were, were killed on those attempts. That's exactly true. Uh, one of the, um, the, the, the um, expedition was uh, sponsored by the Detroit News, and one of the correspondents for the Detroit News was killed in the 1926 attempt over the top of the world, yes. He goes from the Arctic then to the Antarctic. That very same year, um, Wilkins wanted to do exploration in the Antarctic. There had never been a plane in the Antarctic before. And they're flying in the Antarctic. In their flying over, over the, in the Antarctic, they discovered six new islands. This was done at Christmas time. And um, he, he uh, sent a message back to his father discovered six new islands today. Be home soon. Merry Christmas. Maps had to be redrawn because of, his, uh, of their exploration and discovery of the islands in the Antarctic. After that then, uh, does he come back to Alaska immediately whenever we come up to the Russian ship and that sort of story? Uh, Wilkins stayed in the Antarctic. Carbon Isleson's love was Alaska. Uh, Carbon Isleson successfully set up an air system in Alaska, and it was in 1929 that he received an SOS call from a Russian fur trading ship off the coast of uh, Siberia. They were icebound in the uh, in the ocean there, and there were several million dollars worth of furs and several fur traders on this ship. He and his, uh, Carbon Nielsen and his mechanic, Earl Borland, made one successful uh, rescue flight. But on the second leg of that flight, weather conditions were very bad. Their plane crashed. This was in November 1929. The bodies were, were found in January, in, in March, um, one of the most impressive funeral services ever held in the state of North Dakota was held in his hometown of Hatton, North Dakota, where dignitaries from throughout the world attended. You have 
quite a nice museum here. You even have one of his planes. You've got a lot of his uh, life kind of retold here. Exactly. We have uh, his Fokker plane. This is the plane that he flew most in Alaska on display in the in a museum here in Hatton. It like I said, it was it is one of two in existence in the world, and it is the plane that he flew the most in Alaska. We're very happy to have this. Yeah. Yeah. Other things about his life or this museum that we should work in that maybe I wouldn't know to ask you, or, or if not, that's fine, but I always like to make sure that we've covered the story like we should. Uh, one thing maybe what would you like to know is that Carbon Allison is known as the father of Alaskan aviation. He received the Congressional Medal of Honor, the Distinguished Flying Cross Award. He was awarded the uh, Harmon Trophy by President Hoover. This is the highest award given in the field of aviation. He received the North Dakota Rough Rider Award. Yes, and we still do have a close tie with Alaska. And this year, Alaska celebrates 100 years of aviation history. And Carbon Allison was certainly a part of that aviation history. Thanks for listening to this edition of The Scenic Route. Remember, you can catch all of our daily broadcasts, find links to our Facebook and Twitter pages, and much more at AmericanCountryside.com. Dot com.